Welcome to Manna for Breakfast, the daily Bible reading devotional which chronologically takes you through the Word of God from Genesis to Revelation in one year. Grab a cup of coffee and your Bible and join us as we journey together through God's Word. And good morning, everyone. I got my clock working right, countdown clock. We're going to see how that, if I use that or not. That'll keep working for you guys. Give you a heads up when we're coming on. Well, we're enjoying another beautiful day. It was 65 degrees last night here in Fahrenheit. It's 67 right now. It's quite chilly. I understand there's quite an Arctic blast going up on the East Coast coming around right now. So we're going to be praying for everybody in their, their heating of their homes. I don't know how it's going over in Europe right now, but... um we just were privileged to meet a couple of girls from Ukraine and um, telling us what life's like over there. They got out, sent out by their parents, and they're um, for many hours without elect- many days without electricity, and now uh, the winter has set in. So I can't imagine what would it be like in your house where you are right now with no electricity for three or four days. They say the power comes on a little bit every now and then. They never know when. Well, how do you stay warm? There's a lot of a lot of things going on, and of course, we we should be thinking about Christmas. We should think about family and and uh, rejoicing and and praising God for what we have. But there's a lot of hurt going on in the world right now. So be good for us to remember that and be praying for them and um, supporting those ministries going on over there. Some Calvary Chapels doing some great work over there. Different people ministering all over the place. So, with that, let's look over at this day in trivia. And um, this on this day, a world event, classic world event happened, shook the entire foundations of society. Renee and I got married. <laughs> it's our anniversary today, and we're celebrating 31 years, if I got my numbers right. Um, and we are going to go out and have some breakfast and, and spend the day together, although we have church tonight, but that's okay. We always, from day one, decided to minister together, and so that's who we are, and we enjoy it, and we praise God that we can do it. So, happy anniversary, my beautiful wife. I'm blessed beyond measure to have such a wonderful wife in so many years with her, and so many wonderful kids and a phenomenal church, wonderful ministry, could not be happier. So that happened, and uh, okay, I've got my date. My dates are all wrong, but it was on this day, long 31 years ago, come backwards, on the, the actual date. On, also on this day, by the way, this is also the day the pilgrims landed in Massachusetts, I just saw this on another page I was perusing. I thought that was interesting. Let's see where I can find it today. Come on. Oh, yeah, I got to move forward here. I don't know why this doesn't give me the right day, but it was, I was just looking for the date. Okay, now I got it. Now I'm on the right day. And it was in 1620. The pilgrims land on Plymouth Rock. That's pretty neat. That's a long, long time ago. 
but also on this day, the Mayan calendar. Remember that? 2012. This was the Mayan calendar predicting the end of the world. They never said they predicted the end of the world. Their leaders, they said they predicted the end of the calendar and the end of a new age. I mean, the beginning of a new age. And they may have been right there. And the beginning of that new age might be the beginning of what we would call the end of the end times with fulfillment of prophecy. Apollo 8 launches to go around the moon and orbited the moon on the 24th, returned on the 27th. So those guys had Christmas in space. They had Christmas at the moon. That's pretty cool. And there was one more I wanted to cover. Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? No, I don't know where it was. Mm -hmm. Basketball was invented on this day. I guess that was it. Mind calendar and the mission to the moon. That was it. So with that, we will jump over to the dad jokes. And I've been looking, trying to find some new ones. Trying to find some stuff that I haven't done before. Well, here's one that I can relate to. Um, why did Billy get fired from the banana factory? He kept throwing away the bent ones. How <laughs> uh, about this one? I had it all picked out. Did you hear about the guy who invented the knock-knock joke? He won the Nobel Prize. We are in Esther. Be going Esther 6 through 8 and Revelation 13. So find your place. Please use your Bibles and let's pray. Father God, thank you for this morning. And we turn our attention, our time to you now, thanking you for all that you are doing in our life. And we do pray for those people that need heat this morning. So we thank you for giving us down here in the beautiful tropics, uh, you know, a sense of what the rest of the world is dealing with in a major severe way. So we do pray for them. We pray for people to be able to get home and get to their places of work and um, that life would, they'd be able to function well, especially with the blizzards that are going on in certain places, God. So bless them and keep them warm and keep them safe. And may you just be blessing this whole holiday season with people traveling. And we are very thankful, God, you're bringing um, Esty home to us to be with us tomorrow. We are very, very um, thankful for, for her ministry and what you're doing in her life. Look forward to our other kids coming at the end of the year. So thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Esther chapter 6. During the night, the king could not sleep, so he gave orders to bring the book of records, the Chronicles, and they were read before the king. It was found written what Mordecai had reported concerning Bigthana and Teresh, two of the king's eunuchs who were doorkeepers, that they had sought to lay hands on King Azarias. The king said, What honor or dignity has been bestowed on Mordecai for this? Then the king's servants who attended him said, Nothing has been done for him. So the king said, Who is in the court? Now Haman had just entered the court of the king's palace in order to speak to the king about hanging Mordecai and the gallows, which he had prepared for him. The king's servant said to him, Behold, Haman is standing in the court. And the king said, Let him come in. So Haman came in 
and said to him, What is to be done for the man whom the king desires to honor? And Haman said to himself, Whom would the king desire to honor more than me? And Haman said to the king, For the man whom the king desires to honor, let them bring the royal robe which the king has worn, and the horse in which the king has ridden, and on whose head the royal crown has been placed, and let the robe and the horse be handed over to the one of the king's most noble princes, and let them array the man whom the king desires and honor, and lead him on horseback through the city square, and proclaim before him, Thus it shall be done to the man whom the king desires to honor. Verse 10, Then the king said to Haman, Take quickly the robes and the horse, as you have said, and do so for Mordecai the Jew, who is sitting at the king's gate. Do not fall short of anything of all that you have said. So Haman took the robe and the horse and arrayed Mordecai and led him on horseback through the city square and proclaimed before him, Thus it shall be done to the man whom the king desires to honor. Then Mordecai returned to the king's gate. But Haman hurried home, mourning, with his head covered. Haman recounted to Zeresh, his wife, and to all his friends everything that had happened to him. Then the wise men and Zerah, his wife, said to him, If Mordecai, before whom you have begun to fall, is of Jewish origin, you will not overcome him, but will surely fall before him. While they were still talking with him, the king's eunuchs arrived and hastily brought Haman to the banquet which Esther prepared. Chapter 7 Now the king and Haman came to drink wine with Esther the queen. And the king said to Esther, On the second day also, as they drank their wine at the banquet, What is your petition, queen, Esther? It shall be granted you. What is your request, even up? To half the kingdom it shall be done. Then queen Esther replied, If I have found favor in your sight, O king, and if it pleases the king... Let my life be given me as a petition, and my people as a request. For we have been sold, I and my people, to be destroyed, to be killed, and to be annihilated. Now if we had only been sold as slaves, men and women, I would have remained silent, for the trouble would not be consummate with the annoyance of the king. Then King Azariah asked Queen Esther, Who is he, and where is he, who would presume to do this? And Queen Esther said, A foe and an enemy is this wicked Haman. And Haman became terrified before the king and queen. The king arose in his anger from drinking wine and went into the palace garden. But Haman stayed to beg for his life from Queen Esther, for he saw that harm had been determined against him by the king. Now when the king returned from the palace garden into the place where they were drinking wine, Haman was falling on the couch where Esther was. Then the king said, Will he even assault the queen with me in the house? As the word went out from the king's mouth, they covered Haman's face. And Harbona, one of the eunuchs who were before the king, said, Behold, indeed, the gallows standing at Haman's house, fifty cubits high, which Haman made for Mordecai, who spoke good on behalf of the king. And the king said, Hang him on it. So they hanged Haman on the gallows which he had prepared for Mordecai, and the king's anger subsided. Chapter 8 On that day King Azarias gave the house of Haman, the enemy of the Jews, to Queen Esther. And Mordecai came before the king, and Esther had disclosed what he was to her. 
king took off his signet ring, which he had taken away from Haman, and gave it to Mordecai. And Esther set Mordecai over the house of Haman. Then Esther spoke again to the king, fell at his feet, wept, and implored him to avert the evil scheme of Haman, the Agagite, and his plot, which he had devised against the Jews. And the king extended the golden scepter to Esther. Esther. So Esther arose and stood before the king. And she said, If it pleases the king, and if I have found favor before him, and the matter seems proper to the king, and I am pleasing in his sight, let it be written in to revoke the letters devised by him, the son of Hamadatha the Agagite, which he wrote to destroy the Jews who were in all the king's provinces. For how can I endure to see the calamity which will befall my people, and how can I endure to see the destruction of my kindred? So King Azariah said to Queen Esther and to Mordecai to the Jew, Behold, I have given the house of Haman to Esther to see him. They have hanged on the gallows because he had stretched out his hands against the Jews. Now you write to the Jews as you see fit in the king's name and seal it with the king's signet ring for a decree which is written in the name of the king and sealed with the king's signet ring may not be revoked. So the king's scribes were called at that time in the third month, that is the month of Sivan, in the 23rd day, and it was written according to all that Mordecai commanded the Jews, the satraps and the governors and the princes of the provinces, which extended from India to Ethiopia, 127 provinces, and every province according to its script, and to every people according to their language, as well as to the Jews according to their script and their language. And he wrote in the name of King Ezraice and sealed it with the king's signet ring, and sent letters by couriers on horses riding on steeds sired by the royal stud. In them the king granted the Jews who were in each of every city the right to assemble and to defend their lives, to destroy, to kill, and to annihilate the entire army of any people or province which might attack them, including the children and women, and to plunder their spoil. On one day in all the provinces of King Azariah, the thirteenth day of the twelfth month, that is the month of Adar, a copy of the edict to be issued as law in each and every province was published to all the people so that the Jews would be ready for this day to avenge themselves of their enemies. The couriers, hastened and impelled by the king's command, went out riding on the royal steeds, and the decree was given out at the citadel of Susa. Then Mordecai went out from the presence of the king in royal robes of blue and white, with a large crown of gold and a garment of fine linen of purple, and the city of Susa shouted and rejoiced. For the Jews, there was light and gladness and joy and honor. In each and every province and in each and every city, wherever the king's command and his decree arrived, there was gladness and joy for the Jews, a feast and a holiday. And many among the peoples of the land became Jews, for the dread of the Jews had fallen on them. Isn't that interesting? Many of them became Jews because they didn't want to be um, associated with those who might come against the Jews, as the Jews had the right to kill anyone that would come against them. So a complete, complete turnaround with the situation. And again, in every battle in the Bible as you will see when you study it, what is going on on the earthly, on the surface, is also going on in the spiritual. So when you have an evil 
Haman coming against the Jewish people for his own ends and benefits and selfishness and all these other things and pride, what you have is a representation of the demonic forces that are coming against the angelic forces and the heavenly forces and trying to destroy the nation by which the Messiah would come. So this is, we mentioned this yesterday and the teaching that there is, there's always been this desire on the part of the enemy to try and destroy the coming one, the coming Messiah. So this whole story goes much deeper than even the Jews understand right now. The Jews just understand that there's, there's always been the enemy trying to wipe out God's chosen people. What they don't understand yet, but will understand in the tribulation, is that they were trying to, to demolish or prevent the chosen one from coming. Now, I guess figuratively they could still see that as they believe the Messiah hasn't come. But this is tire, entirely directed at the, the prevention of the coming of Jesus. And we see this all being played out. But we also see how God is in control and he, and he can steer the course of a king's heart as he steers a river uh, through, its, through its places and turn, make it turn where it will. And so he turned the heart of this king. He used Esther, of course, and Mordecai in a major way because they were obedient unto death. And, you know, they were willing to lay their lives down, both of them. Mordecai would not bow the knee. And um, Esther went in really twice, it seems, um, before the king and was accepted by his scepter and not killed. So, wonderful story. And if you ever um, get a chance to see how the Jews celebrate this and, and reenact this, the play, the kids do this at school, reenact this play every year, and this is they celebrate this day. It's a big day in Israel. And it's a, it's a, it's a neat thing to watch them do. And having gone through so many atrocities in the world, World War II and everything. It's really wonderful to see a story like this where you see God still can and does protect his people. Revelation chapter 13. The beast from the sea. And the dragon stood on the sand of the seashore. Then I saw a beast coming up out of the sea, having ten horns and seven heads, and on his horns were ten diadems, and on his head were blasphemous names. And the beast which I saw was like a leopard, and his feet were like those of a bear, and his mouth was like the mouth of a lion. And the dragon gave him power over the throne and great authority. I saw one of his heads as if it had been slain, and his fatal wound was healed. And the whole earth was amazed and followed after the beast. They worshipped the dragon because he gave his authority to the beast. And they worshipped the beast, saying, Who is like the beast and who is able to wage war against him? There was given to him a mouth speaking arrogant words and blasphemies and authority to act for 42 months as was given to him. And he opened his mouth in blasphemies against God to blaspheme his name and his tabernacle, that is, those who dwell in heaven. 
It was also given to him to make war with the saints and to overcome them. And authority over every tribe and people and tongue and nation was given to him. All who dwell on the earth will worship him. Everyone whose name is not written from the foundation of the world in the book of life of the Lamb who has been slain. If anyone has an ear, let him hear. If anyone is destined for captivity, to captivity he goes. If anyone kills with the sword, he must be killed. Here is the perseverance and the faith of the saints. Verse 11, Then I saw another beast coming up out of the earth, and he had two horns like a lamb, and he spoke as a dragon. He exercises all of the authority of the first beast in his presence, and he makes the earth and those who dwell in it to worship the first beast, those whose fatal wound was healed. He performs great signs so that he even makes fire come down from out of heaven to the earth in the presence of men. And he deceives those who dwell on the earth because the signs which it was given him to perform in the presence of the beast, telling those who dwell on the earth to make an image to the beast who had the wound of the sword and has come to life. And it was given to him to give breath to the image of the beast, so that the image of the beast would even speak and cause as many who do not worship the image of the beast to be killed. And he causes all the small and the great and the rich and the poor and the free men and the slaves to be given a mark on their right hand and on their forehead. And he provides that no one be able to buy or to sell except one who has the mark, either the name of the beast or the number of his name. Here is wisdom, letting him who has understanding calculate the number of the beast, for the number is that of a man, and his number is 666. The classic chapter 13, where we have the rising of the two beasts out of the sea. You can think of one as the, the leopard beast, one as the lamb beast. The leopard beast seems to be secular over the world government. He's the Antichrist, which is going to come to power. And the lamb beast is this religious false prophet leader who's going to come like a pseudo John the Baptist <clears throat> to cause all to fall, fall down and worship this beast. Who say he, He's going to point to the Antichrist and say he is the Messiah. So you have to get this clear in your mind. One of the things that most people have been rejecting and steering away from for a long time is this idea that there is a, a small group of people that control the world that worship Lucifer, dedicated to it, absolutely dedicated to it. And what they are, their end game is to, call, is to get the entire world to fall down and worship Lucifer as Messiah. And this sounds absurd. How could world leaders who are thinking about economic forum, <laughs> thinking about helping people with banking and feeding the hungry and all these things be 
be so dedicated to something so dark and spiritual well, in their mind lucifer is the son of light and he is the light bearer and he is the real messiah they reject jesus altogether because they have been deceived and so it makes total sense that what's going on in the world right now is them doing everything possible to get prepared for this whole system they've been working night and day and you and I have seen it like no other generation before. We are seeing this working out. And, uh, and this Antichrist and his false prophet are going to come speaking blasphemous things against God. And uh, I was just received in an email, um, a text from a, an article that I think Tom sent me, but it was um, about the Catholic Church and one of the bishops and the archbishops giving a statement that they believe that Jesus was transsexual in nature to represent both male and female, and he's a perfect representative, and they gave all these blasphemous reasons why. Too horrid to even go into. And... Um, and I just read that and it made me just cringe. And I go, this is where we are. This is where we are. We are at the point where the lead church with the most Christians, supposedly Christians in the entire world, the leadership is now going down this road of stating publicly blasphemous things against God and his Messiah. And um, they're trying to backtrack it right now. They're trying to walk it back and say they didn't say it, but they did, and it's written down, and the sermon was given, and the Archbishop of Canterbury backed him up. But now that the whole the Catholic community is going crazy, they're back, trying to back backtrack it or walk it back. Um, but this is what's going to happen. You're going to have more and more of this blasphemies of the church itself saying, oh, no, we need to include everyone there's many ways to God, um, and we're going to have this this melting together under this false prophet, this beast lamb, who is going to bring the world religions together. And so you can see this Abrahamic center is opening now. It's all happening. We've seen the the lineup of everything for the Antichrist with the with the mark of the beast and the buying and the selling. We see this now. And we go into this digital currency or we go to whatever other, we don't even know exactly how it's going to play out, whether it's going to be some some kind of uh, cryptocurrency or the vaccine or something. We don't know how it's going to play itself out. But it, you can already see where there's there's been restaurants, there's been places for a long time, the last two years, they wouldn't allow you service if you did not have the jab. And now they're thinking about doing international passports that you can't travel at all without an international vaccine passport. And these kinds of things, we are there. We are there. And the exciting thing is, means if we're that close, then the Lord's coming back. But the good news is, these things are for a time that is in a, the middle of the tribulation. These things are we do not believe are for the bride of Christ. The bride is going to be taken by the bridegroom who's going to come at a time when the bride does not know but needs to be ready and needs to have her oil 
in their lamp, ready to go and just be praising God. So we need to be, remember to, to be ready and, um, and be ready. Um, keep up the, the, the good work. Keep appraising God. Keep looking forward, looking for what God is doing all around us. And these things that are going on, which are so depressing, should, if anything, just get us more excited because we know that it just means it's all falling in place exactly as we thought it would. And so whoever is in office, well, it's not going to destroy my life. It's not going to bum me out. I'm just going to say, well, that's, that's part of God's plan, and we're going to move forward and just focus more on what God wants you to do, your part in the church. We cannot just live just to make money and to look forward to a retirement anymore. I think... It we're predominantly looking for retirement when he comes back for us. It's potentially that close. So we don't know when he's coming back. Maybe it's 50 years, but but we need to be thinking in that direction. So now, Charles Spurgeon, from anger to love, he will turn again. He will have compassion upon us. He will subdue our iniquities. And thou will cast all their sins into the depths of the sea. Micah 7.19 God never turns from his love, but he soon turns from his wrath. His love to his children is according to his nature. His anger is only according to his office. He loves because he is love. He frowns because it is necessary for our good. He will come back to the place in which his heart rests, namely his love to his own. And then he will take pity upon our griefs and end them. What a choice promise is this. He will subdue our iniquities. He will conquer them. They cry to enslave us, but the Lord will give us victory over them by his own right hand. Like the Canaanites, they shall be beaten, put under the yoke, and ultimately slain. As for the guilt of our sins, how graciously is that removed? All their sins. Yes, the whole host of them thou wilt cast. Only an almighty arm could perform such a wonder. Unto the depths of the sea, where Pharaoh and his chariots went down, not into the shallows, out of which they might be washed up by the tide, but unto the depths shall our sin be hurled. They are all gone. They sank unto the bottom like a stone. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. (laughs) What a wonderful man in his writing that gives us the understanding of God's forgiveness. Never really seen it put in words so perfectly like that before, that that is his nature to love. But his wrath is necessary. It's a necessary part of his character for our benefit and for our good. So we want to praise him for that and pray at the same time. Father God, we do praise you and thank you for this day and what you are doing in our lives. And we want to thank you and remember, God, the many blessings that we have as we are coming into the Christmas season. It is a time to remember that you brought peace on earth, but not, not a physical 
feeling just of peace, but you brought lasting, eternal peace, peace with you, peace that then settles the issue of sin and separation and anxiety and, and feeling lost and feeling empty. You brought peace into the world by the birth of your son, that all that would come and call, look upon him for their salvation and their way to you to, to come overcome their sin would find it. So we are so thankful for that, and we praise you for it. And we thank you that there are many people now all over the world that are celebrating this, and there are so many, 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 many good um, churches and outreaches and different even uh, theatrical companies that are performing this whole scene, this whole beautiful scene of the coming of the Messiah into the world. And God, may it be something that the world is very sensitive to right now, looking towards and being open to allowing you to come in and bring that peace that surpasses understanding into their hearts. People are hungry, God, and they are hurting, and they need you. So we, we pray for that, and that you would use us to that end as your ambassadors. And we want to pray for our brothers and sisters, which are going through many difficulties coming into Christmas, and those that are sick and hurting, that they would find their healing and their heart during this week, this next couple of weeks, God, that you would be a blessing unto them, but especially this next week as they come in, we come into Christmas time that they would be able to find um, a lot of love and a lot of acceptance. We don't want anyone feeling isolated and alone during this time. Bring them into the family of God. Bring them in, God, and, and help them to have a wonderful experience. But for those that are hurting and those that are need healing, we pray for that to happen quickly, God so that they can have just a wonderful Christmas. We want to pray for Juan Carlos as he's going to the doctor today because he has swelling going on in his eye. Pray it's something very minor that can be treated quickly and that it's not any indication of any returning cancer of any kind. We want to lift up that to you. And we have a, another situation, Father, where Maria and Carlita their uncle suddenly died just um, like overnight. And it was a devastating to the family. We want to pray for his wife, Maria Elena, and her children and her grandchildren that had no anticipation of this. We don't know why he died. We don't know how it happened, but it was medical. Some Something medical happened to him and he died. So um, that he died while they were away in Mascota, the girls with us doing the outreach. So the girls came home to some very sad news. We want to pray for them and pray for the, the whole family that they'd be able to understand it and, and they, uh, that in their grief, God, they would find comfort. But also in that grief, they would understand so much more about you that they would again bring them back to remembrance of why these girls, why they sing those songs to you and why they are there reading your Bible, learning about you because we learn of the preciousness of life and how it can be taken from us without us having any warning. It can come at any time. So teach us to number our days, God, and know that these things are always there. There's always a possibility. 
So we don't want to walk in fear, but we want to walk, God, with the knowledge that, um, that we need to help people understand that life is a gift, and we want them to know that that life can go on forever, and it can be permanent if they would but yield themselves up to you and use Christmas as a time to not only celebrate your birth, but to celebrate their own salvation and to celebrate the new birth in them. And this is what we pray for, God, that your birth, the celebration of your birth, brings new life and new birth into the lives of so many, so many people if they would open up their hearts to you. So we pray for that. I pray for those that are still taking medication, going through many dif difficulties. Um, I need your help. And um, just for all the preparations of the churches for Christmas, I want to pray for uh, Abby's church and Micah's church, all the churches we work with, even Calvary Albuquerque, all of our supporting churches there in Las Vegas, um, there in Colorado, uh, and also over in Monmouth, Oregon, these wonderful churches that work very hard, God. We want to pray that you help them and their staff as they have so much work to do. And so many people forget, God, the, the, the pastors and the staffs that work uh, tirelessly around Christmas often are the ones that miss it or have a hard time getting together with family because they are ministering to others. So bless them mightily, greatly, and help them also have a lot of time themselves for family. So bless them and thank you. Thank you for all you're doing, God, and thank you for this uh, wonderful day that we have together. In Jesus' name, amen. That will do it. So we will see you guys this evening. We're going to be live at 6.30, so please make a point to get online or come by even better if you're in town, and we will see you then. God bless. Bye-bye.